never happened in world wars, this kind of cooperation. And the reason it never happened in world wars is it didn't have all the advanced planning and interweaving of bureaucracies that, that bypass governments to, to bring it about. Do you realize it takes donkey's years? Donkey's a long time, by the way. But it takes donkey's years for bureaucrats to get anything out of their minds and onto paper. Never mind, get it all planned out and legislated. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix and just pointing out to people things which they take for granted most people don't really think critically in much depth especially when they've been trained that the media is there to do all their thinking for them and that has been successful with most people bureaucracies and federal governments don't move quickly on things they're too big and heavy, too many departments and divisions that all cross each other's lines and step on each other's toes. It takes a lot of planning when it comes to an international scale. And the reason that they're so able in this day and age to bring out a global system is because they planned it a long time ago and set up the bureaucracies, which are almost secret societies within the government themselves, these high state departments and departments of the foreign office as they have in the British Commonwealth countries. They're pretty well secretive and they work intergenerationally. H.G. Wells talked about this when the League of Nations, which was the embryo for the United Nations, when the League of Nations came into being. And he said, for the first time, he said, now a bureaucracy in one country can bypass government and go directly to its counterpart in another country or to the League of Nations. And therefore, technically, governments were becoming obsolete. And he was quite right, because that was the intention of setting this up, that the Punch and Judy show that we have, the left and the right uh, circus act that we get every so often, would no longer be necessary, because they train a public, literally train them, that they were being taken care of, and that's where a world run by experts would come into play. And that was the mantra back in the 1930s and 40s and 50s and 60s, a world of experts until we don't know how to get up out of the bed in the morning and dress ourselves without the expert telling us what, how to dress and what kind of weather it's going to be. That's how bad it has literally become. The common sense is out the window and no one has any faith in themselves anymore. We're terrified to think and to work on what we think. That's not by chance either, because individuality is the enemy of this totalitarian system. It was stated long ago that the individual is the one person 
an individual with understanding and with the ability to get across to people what's really happening, that was a tremendous danger. The masses are not the danger because the masses are always asleep. They take the culture that's been infused into them without thinking. And they'll think amongst themselves that they're choosing, but they're not really. They're given a select amount of things to choose from and religions as well to choose from, including the New Age. There's a whole variety within there for different personality types. But, but really, your choices are limited, and most people float through life in an almost semi-hypnotic state, parroting little phrases and going through routines, as they're called, uh, which they think is, is their own personal way of being, their own individuality. And in reality, it's simply a, a type of suit that you've bought from a one-size-fits-all, and that's the one that you like. You've chosen something that's been offered to you. And that's how most people are. Individuals are the enemy to the system. It's all groupthink. And this was pushed heavily, tremendously heavily, through the very methods that Carol Quigley talked about when he he mentioned the new feudal system being run by CEOs and corporations internationally. The big corporations were the first ones to put out this term called team spirit until it became the mantra again, another mantra that went through all the big executive offices. And team player was the big term they used. Are you a team player? Everybody suddenly had to be a team player. And they sent them off to these encounter courses and, and um, a whole bunch of names for the same thing, really, to give them uh, more abilities to get what they wanted, to be more aggressive in their, their sales, etc., if they were in sales. And... But the first thing they learned was to give up their ability to work alone, independence. And they'd tell them that two people that were behind you uh, just close your eyes and fall back. An idea being that these people would catch you. And that was to get you used to the fact that you were only part of a team. You didn't need independence anymore. And they reinforced this with every little trick that they, they, they gave to the the candidates that they brought in for these training courses. And they came out being team players, and yet all thinking they were individuals, they could get what they wanted, just think and grow rich and all this kind of stuff. Well, I think if you were asked Donald Trump, it takes more than thinking to grow rich. It needs to know, you have to know the right friends, the right people. And you have to use a lot of payola. It's called payola. Payola is a strange sort of money that changes hands surreptitiously under tables and things like that or through middlemen. That's how you get ahead in this world. And even then you can't get up there unless the big boys at the top open the door and bring you in. That's how it works. It's just like free trade. There's no such thing as free trade. It's simply uh, an easier trade for the big corporations. The small businesses are out of the picture. They can't get permits to, to sell their stuff under the skies of free trade. It's a cornering of the market for a select few. That's the reality. And they use double speak all the time to get their way. So we're in a, a big, big system, steamrolling ahead, using Pavlov's tricks and training us all in a scientific fashion from kindergarten. I understand someone was telling me before the weekend that now there's, ch- there's children getting taken into uh, pre-daycare courses pretty well 
Uh, it's pre-kindergarten at the age of uh, six weeks. And this is the new step, which is closer to the step that Huxley and others talked about, and Bertrand Russell even talked about in his early days. They thought they were following Plato's old plan, where in the perfect world state, uh, the plebes or plebeians, as they called the commoners, would all be reared and never know their mothers and fathers. The child would be removed from the mother at birth. That was to be the, the perfect uh, system they'd bring in because they didn't want parents to contaminate the child's head with old-fashioned ideas uh, like um, bonding and stuff like that. You know, familial bonding was to be out of the picture and the world state would be your boss. You'd worship Big Brother. But then they found out with experimentation that they could do the same thing with scientific indoctrination if they would get the child young enough in kindergarten, it wouldn't matter then what the parents said in the evenings or at night to the child. It would just go right through their head and, and wouldn't attach. And the state would give the morals to the children. Well, that's already happened. Not only has it already happened, uh, in a span of only 20 years with government-paid daycare in some countries like Canada, uh, when the daycares, people go on strike or go slow or whatever, uh, the women in the streets, working women are in the streets with their, their banners demanding that the government do something. Well, see, they've already adapted to the fact that, that somehow the government is her husband. He's taken over the role of the husband and, and should take care of their children for them. They really believe that. I can remember when they had debates about should government have any involvement whatsoever in the fears of the people when it came to children. But now it's the expected thing. It's been successful. So it's, a, it's only a matter of time, of course, when, before government mandates that they'll choose who can even have children and by what method uh, you'll be inseminated for a short period of time till again in, into the pure cloning types. That's coming too. And meanwhile, what's happening with all of those in the middle class and the ones who think they have a better education? Well, they've gone through all these self-help courses and they're into the new age completely and they refuse to look at the bad news because that's negative. And they've been taught that only look at the positive side of things. What's some of the things like, like getting killed off because there's too many of you, it's kind of hard to be positive about, especially if you might be the one that's going to get killed off amongst the many. But somehow they have the ability through ego to believe that they'll miss me. Uh, they don't mean me. They mean all those guys, but not me. I'm special. I'm a very special person. I'm superior. And, and I guess that's what they all think as they float around and rattle their chakras and, and chant and, and uh, talk about all their... They have religious ways of speaking in the New Age, no different from any other religion. And they think somehow they created it all, but they didn't create any of it. It was all created for them because the New Age is meant to bring them in to a world as a big group again, no individuals, you're all members of a particular group, New Agers, and you'll all become one. And they're teaching them through all these courses. They're all run by the intelligence agencies, by the way, and that's who brought them to the West, and push them, and the big foundations finance them. They're teaching them uh, that they're going into this beautiful new kind of nirvana, 
and only the fit ones will come through. It's straight out of Hinduism, you see. The whole lot was copied from, from Hinduism. And each one of them who've paid all their courses and stood on their head and uh, chanted their mantras and so on, and found out how many past lives they had and how much debt they have owing in karma. Uh, these, each one thinks that they're one of them are coming, going to come through and be saved in this new nirvana, while the rest, you know, the rubbish, the rubbish heap disappears and gets killed off. That's what they're being taught from every type of New Age source. That's the mantra. Back with more after the following messages. Then they went into all the foods that you eat. Now, I can remember reading in the paper 
Coast Sun about 10 years ago in the business pages, which I was just flicking through because I was, had nothing else to do that day. And it said to the purchasers who have the, the real power in anything to do with food, the purchasers had got together and demanded that the growers use the modified shrubs or they wouldn't buy their coffee. And I, I, I thought, well, why? I mean, the, the growers were not complaining about a poor turnover or bad crops or, or even prices. They weren't complaining. So there had to be another reason for it. And, and they have. They've modified the coffee. And people really do have tremendous dreams with them. Some of them like them. They have uh, journeys, they call them. They don't call them dreams. They have journeys. And some have, have kind of exciting ones. Other ones have nightmares. But it's just amazing how the New Agers fall into all of this stuff. And I always tell people to go into Huxley's speech, which is on my website for download. You can get the audio there in the audio archives, where Huxley talked at Berkeley about 60% of the public in all ages being instantly suggestible, meaning hypnotics, and 20% more can be brought under the same state of influence with a little bit more work on behalf of the controllers. And another 20% are left uh, that it's much, much harder to bring under. And that's how most things work in religion, including the New Age religion. Uh, it's suggestion, tremendous suggestion. And the will, the need to believe in it, that's how most things happen. There's a need to believe in something bigger than yourself. Uh, with the goal to be a god yourself, it's quite interesting. But these are people who are ignorant, generally, of the sources of the religions. They don't know the powers that went behind the scenes to create such a religion and such a movement in the 1800s in London. That's where it started and who they even put out there, the actresses and actors they hired and trained to go out there and propagate this religion into being, which took a hundred years to really get rolling. And now is heavily financed by the usual guys, the big foundations. They pay for their magazines and everything. Very interesting uh, history. When you went to Blavatsky and you read the books by Blavatsky's sister and others, an investigative reporters at the time who went into the real Blavatsky. And even her sister said she was a born actress. She used to enthrall her own uh, age uh, group from a childhood onwards by telling them stories and fascinating them. So she was a really good actress, and that's who they employed to, to bring it forth, all Blavatsky. And here we are a hundred odd years later, watching it all around us it's everywhere it's everywhere and it all comes in with greening too the greening of the planet at one time when you got green you were sick to the gills we're back with more after these messages you're listening to the republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth.
live, folks. I'm back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And we have Gary from Canada on the phone. Are you there, Gary? Hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Thanks for shining a light down the rabbit hole here, (laughs) helping me put the puzzle pieces together. Uh, That's quite an interesting journey, isn't it, going through this this system here (laughs) that people think just evolved out of nowhere spontaneously by the people themselves. Quite the picture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. Do you have any questions or? Yeah, I want to ask you about the um, the symbol of the spider. Mm-hmm. I'd recently come across an artist named Louise Bourgeois, and she created these giant spiders. Oh yeah, that's the ones that got in the Hague. Uh, exactly. There's one in the Hague. I think Canada also brought one in for the museum. On permanent or... display. It's in mm-hmm. Canada. There are permanent displays in Spain. Yeah. Uh, Korea, mm-hmm. Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Outside of their national galleries, and this yes. now it's, it's she created six, uh, um, a series of six giant spiders. Mm-hmm. The standing one she got you know standing and crouching. But the standing one was nine meters, thirty feet tall. Yep. It's made of bronze, stainless steel, and marble, which is a steel and rock, yep. and has an egg sac of thirty eggs. Mm-hmm. And it's given the name Mammon. I spell M A M A N. If there's any interesting numbers. Boy, it's interesting because, see, in masonry, the, the number eight, apart from being above and below the two eternal circles, right. is also the symbol for power and money. Right. And uh, uh, so eight's very important, the eight legs of the spider. Okay. And the black that... widow, of course, is, uh, they're all widows' sons, all, all these guys on the elite uh, high masonry call themselves widows' sons. And, and these uh, these big monstrosities uh, that uh, they put in the Hague and so on, uh, apparently there's clusters of eggs underneath them, meaning offspring. And it's a symbol for a new system coming into to play, um, a system where humankind will be radically altered because the Black Widow also eats the mate after she's conceived. Uh, you, you'll notice that men are becoming rather irrelevant now, you know, there's... There's pieces, articles in newspapers now where they can actually take um, female stem cells and so on and, and create the Y chromosomes, so they're claiming it in a way at least. And, um, and some women have had this done, and you call that vanity, uh, having a complete offspring, a clone of yourself. There's quite the, there's quite the prize for a complete egomaniac to, to have someone who's completely narcissistic. So it's, it's, it's got high symbols to do with a new system and the eradication of the old male as well. Power and money, uh, it's got eight legs. And that's for eight is power and money. And it's got a cluster of eggs for a new species to become widow's sons. Yeah. And with the, with the spider's web mm-hmm. matrix, could that be considered like the spider's web? Yeah, that's why we've got the web. Uh, and and the, we have the net and the web. That's the, both things for us all being interconnected and you're stuck on it because it's the only system we're going to allow to, uh, to exist. Uh, eventually, it'll do away with paper mail altogether. You know? Would that be would that be like the sticky, gooey stuff on the web? Would be what we'd call like uh, fascination, intrigue, mystery? Oh, there's or no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, it was it was designed to intrigue. I know people who are addicted to it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely addicted. They, 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 in fact, some of them almost kill themselves uh, night and day just just surfing the web. It's like one big uh, roller coaster for them, and they get a rush just zipping through it and um, 
they are already addicted because they're ready. A lot of people are ready to go into this alternate reality, another new age term, the alternate reality. But they don't, they don't question the fact that someone programmed this reality and it wasn't them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was about. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Take care. So, yeah, you're, you're dealing with uh, uh, a system, a complete system that gives us everything for control. They never give you anything for your benefit, and, and it might actually empower you. So they give you something uh, that will eventually be part of the complete world monitoring system. Now, we've also got Rick in California there. Are you there, Rick? Yes, yes, I'm here, Alan. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you very much for your guitar piece last night. That was oh, very you beautiful. It. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that a lot. It was very beautiful, Alan. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can I can I um, read two paragraphs out of a magazine I bought. To, um, this is about. Sure. Yeah. It's, this is um, from American Interest. It's a uh, policy, politics, and culture. It's edited by Walter Russell Mead and and Zygmunt Brzezinski. It's one of the think tank papers and. This article is called Self-Made Man by Richard Hayes, and he's talking about this British, British John Harris, a member of the United Kingdom's Human Genetics Advisory Committee and the Ethics Committee of the British Medical Association. And um, he says, um, Harris continues by arguing that the genetic enhancement of the human species is a, is a public good since those who might choose to remain genetically unmodified will benefit from the economic, social, and cultural vitality that an increasingly genetically engineered citizenry will impart <clears throat> He reasons that just as we compel citizens to ensure that their children are educated and vaccinated, so we might, might we compel people to have children who are genetically enhanced. He acknowledges that a period of, it, of experimentation will be required in order to perfect such procedures. Accordingly, he says, people are obligated, are obligated to serve as research projects for genetic experiments when needed. This includes children because, and this is his words, if children are moral agents, and most of them, except very young infants, are, then they have both obligations and rights, and it will be difficult to find any obligations that are more basic than the obligation to help others in need. There is therefore little doubt that children share the obligation argued for in this chapter to participate in medical research. So they're getting more honest about eugenics and everything. Oh, yeah. They, they put out a movie years ago called Gattaca mm-hmm. uh, about a, a, a very near future where there'll be two separate species of humans, the ones who are genetically enhanced, who would get all the best jobs, and those that were the old type, that were conceived in the old-fashioned way, and how inferior they were. It's all about that, is creating new classes or castes uh, of systems within society, and that's their goal. Uh, Bertrand Russell talked about that in the 30s. This is eventually there'll be two classes of people, and the, the ruling class will have a completely separate education from the plebeians at the bottom. That's all coming into play. That's already here, actually, that part of it. So, so the genetic enhancement is, is a, a done deal. They want to dumb down most people. They'll enhance you in certain ways to make you a better worker, but you'll be, you'll be incapable of thinking uh, independently uh, as a separate human being. Uh, they'll make sure of that. You'll be very, very good, very efficient at the work that they're giving you or you're assigned to, but you will not uh, be an independent-minded uh, thinker at all. Yes, it's, it's, it goes back to what you are saying before. Like when you said um, they'll make Dachau sound like Disneyland, and, and this guy is making what Mengele did sound like Disneyland. Yes, uh, yeah, Mengele was quite the character. I mean, uh, he collected blue eyeballs. Uh, that was his hobby. 
Uh, and they're all much the same. It's the same characters in charge at the top. They're sadistic psychopaths who have uh, strange fascinations of the macabre. And uh, they're running the show. They're, they're paid lots of money to, to do all this experimentation. But I, I do hope people get that through their, their heads, that the elite have already said that this will not create the, the, the main problem they're trying to avoid, and that's independent thinkers with high intellect. Their whole job is to cull off those with high intellect. That was also part of their agenda. Russell talked about that in a talk. I read it from his blurb last night. I put on my blurb yeah. what, what Russell said about that. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be very, very efficient, but you'll be more like the Borg than an actual uh, sentient human being. Yeah, that's why I put that out there, Alan. And they're also talking about, like, the, the third Kosovo War. We're going to have Clinton again. We're going to have Kosovo again. It's going to be like... There's all kinds. Of, there's a lot of articles coming out now. I just wanted to share that one with you, Alan, and maybe I'll send it to you when I'm done reading it. So. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you very much, and have a happy holiday season. So. And you too. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye now. Yep, and that's the the world we're getting trained into, and it's all around us, it's, and we'll be overwhelmed with all the little disclosures in newspapers and magazines, all pointing the same way. Because as I say, most folk have induced beliefs. They have no beliefs of their own. It's induced beliefs. They take it almost by osmosis, and they start parting the phrases and so on, and, and they become what they're meant to become through through this induction without questioning it. Um, and that's where we're going today. I know that even 15 years ago, uh, certain ones in India were paying big, big bucks for genetic manipulation of their offspring, very high Brahmins, and and that was being done already there. And there's your, there's your problem again with, with humanity. You, you can't either leave them as they are and leave things to, to work out the way they are with, with children born in a normal way and take your chances. Or you go in, see, people are addicted to shopping. In the Western civilization, they're actually addicted to shopping. And it wouldn't be hard in that kind of culture, which is the, the total culture, really. It's a commercialized culture uh, to convince mothers uh, or even give them the options of, would you want a son who's six foot four and a, and a good surgeon? Or would you want to take your chances that he might uh, be the garbage man? Um, this is the sort of thing that will work very, very well with a shopping-addicted culture. They shop for everything. Uh, you know, that's how things are now in the system. Uh, it's, it's a sad system, and it wasn't designed to last forever the way it is. It was designed to go into this next phase. But uh, society are ready for it. A lot of them are ready for it. And it would be interesting to watch it if we, if we all live long enough to go through it, to watch it happening. And you, you will hear people coming out uh, boasting about making godlike offspring. This godlike stuff is becoming really prevalent today. The ego is out of control with people. They believe all this stuff. They've really soaked up all this New Age stuff and Godhood stuff. And that's the great delusion, the great folly. Uh, even though every holy book, including the Vedas, doesn't promise uh, that the, the bulk will come through. Well, if you're not an individual, uh, then you're popular. Understand? An individual will not be popular. The populace like the popular. If you like the things of the world, you'll chat about the things of the world, and they'll love you for it. 
but they don't realize there's so many of them who are now the new age. They're, they're becoming the main religion, and therefore, uh, obviously, if only a minority come through, it won't be them, they'll be, because they'll be the majority. It doesn't dawn on them. Hello, we have uh, Ben in Wisconsin there. Are you there, Ben? Uh, hello, Alan. How are you? Doing well. Um, I really love your work. I'd like to say that first off. Mm-hmm. Glad we have people like you out there doing what you're doing. My question for you is, are you familiar with a man by the name of Wilhelm Reich? Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Um, I know he was heavily persecuted in multiple countries, including this one, <clears throat> where he died in prison. Yeah. Yeah, he claimed, he, he claimed that he discovered this of life force, those go- orgasmic-type force and so on, orgone and energy right. and all that kind of stuff. Right. But that was already coming out, even as far back as the 30s. Uh, he copied the idea from science that was already being discussed back in the 30s and came up with that. Now, whether it was genuine or not, we'll never, ever know. And personally, I'm very uh, uh, wary of, of people who come up with these, these technologies. Remember, it's, it's the same thing, too. In Blavatsky's day, they said they'd blend science with religion, and that's why the New Age religions use scientific terminology combined, trying to, to, to justify the validity of their religion. They're blending them. And it's the same thing with all healing today, that if you, you can heal anything, if we just get this new gaz, gadget or gizmo that sparks and all the rest of it, it's very impressive and gives a nice humming sound. Uh, again, it's the old, it's old hypnotic stuff. If you believe in it enough, it will work for a little while. Uh, sure. but, but, and there's too many shysters come out over the years selling all kinds of stuff to, to sick and dying people. There's a lot of money being made off misery because people are desperate. You understand? Yeah. yeah. And so so uh, just, just because they say and they claim things does not mean it's true. Sure. And the reason I ask... Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with Reich, you see, it's the same sort of problem, you're, you're stuck in this this never, never land uh, without the proof, you know. He did, he wrote a, a book that I thought he was right on with a lot of things, uh, The Mass Psychology of Fascism. Oh, yeah. And it's... it's yeah, well, all, all societies are technically fascist. Sure. Even the communist ones were. Sure, I guess that's why I'm asking, because... A lot of what he what he claimed to discover seemed a little bit crazy to me, but a lot of his writings seemed right mm-hmm. on also. So yeah, um, yeah. So, but as I say, we'll never ever know. And, and and I don't even waste my time with people who are put up there as mysteries to speculate about because you can never get to the bottom of it. Sure. You know, it was the same with the Royal Rife machines. The, the ones that Rife had, had experimented with, and you can see the old footage on it, the old film footage, they uh, used big uh, tubes uh, and that emitted tremendous light, almost like X-rays. Mm-hmm. Whereas the stuff they sell today, they don't use those tubes at all. They just attach a couple of electrodes to the body and claim that turning this frequency or that frequency will destroy the staphylococcus or whatever it happens to be. It's... Um, it's more a matter of faith, really, because I haven't met anyone yet who's been cured of anything. Sure. And that, I find that odd. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done enough research on it to know, really. Uh-huh. Uh, one more guy I wanted to ask you about. I've been seeing this guy's artwork in a lot of places lately. Are you familiar with Alex Gray? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to get a fed staff. It's hard to tell, but it looks pretty new-agey to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, again, all art, art too. I mean, see, whatever the guys at the top say, art is suddenly becomes trendy. The king has no clothes, works wonders with the followers. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I've known some top artists that were very good. I've also known people at, in art galleries, the big boys, that push certain cults or, or cultures of art or trends in art uh, who are absolutely wacko. And, but however, and you know, too, they're, they're, they're kidding. They could, they could tell you anything as art. If, and, uh, and everyone near the top, all the, the pretenders, the, the wannabes will part it and say it's beautiful. It could be the ugliest thing you've ever seen. But that, that's, that's a folly of humankind again. Uh, uh, so, so they do uh, use art to, to symbolize the kind of culture you're going into. And now we know that the, nihil, the nihilists' uh, movement in art um, from Picasso onwards and all these characters were, were paid by the West, by the way, uh, to bring in a nihilistic culture with their art, stuff that could, uh, art that, that, that used to bond you to society with, with, with love and, and so on and, and high emotions. They brought in these cold works of arts that, that schizophrenic uh, your society, it schizoid, it split you apart, it gave you nothing to hold on to, and that was all a, a purpose-made trend so that they could start reshaping society and that what values were. Uh, that's no, what n- nihilism, nihilism implies as you believe in nothing, is that correct? <clears throat> nothing, yeah, yeah. Anything that was dear and near to humanity as a species was to be destroyed to kill off the old bonds. I'll be back with more after these messages. Have no flaws whatsoever. 
and you can actually make your own type of type of composites, make a composite of yourself, uh, and make design it uh, the way that you want to be. Because in the society, you're taught not to like who you are. That's a very important part of of the capitalization and culture that we live in. Is it, it runs on making you feel unhappy with who you are. That's the whole point of it. If you were happy with who you are, you wouldn't be running off getting all the, the fancy hairdos and buying all the slick clothes to make yourself look different. Uh, it's all meant to you're, you're unhappy with who you are. And they've targeted no one as much as the, as the female of the species, uh, telling them that, you're, that this is too small, that's too big, yada, 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 and, and just come and get this and buy that, and you'll be fine. And that's how commerce works. It, it exploits people. Uh, that's the bottom line. It's meant to exploit you. And they look at your the, the Achilles heel of the female, the Achilles heel of the male, and they knew how to, to exploit either one of them. It's a science. And it works because we haven't changed our natures. And plus, in the society that we're raised in, uh, we're taught not to really like ourselves as we are. Unless you're part of the group, like a little part of the jigsaw puzzle that fits in the big group out there, groupthink. Then you're a good citizen and you'll fit into the, the new uh, system quite well. It's, uh, it's, it's sad how they've used the arts, though, down through the ages. And again, it's not new. Uh, if you look at the muses, you, you, you'll catch on to what it all means if you understand what the muses are in old ancient mythology and how it can be used against the people to inculcate new values, even if they're detrimental to yourself, you'll adopt them and you'll work them into being. Well, I hear the music, so that's it coming up for tonight from Hamish the dog and myself up here in Ontario, Canada. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>